Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. Welcome to the seventh episode of The Growth Lab. Today's guest is Austin Walker. Professionally, Austin is a business development group manager at Avanade Consulting Firm, a birth child of Accenture and Microsoft. Previously, he worked in sales at Gartner Research and Advisory Firm. Also, Austin is a co-host for a podcast called Perpenticity to support people in living with purpose and authenticity, along with starting his coaching practice, Raw Coaching. Personally, Austin and I know each other from working as colleagues at Gartner. This podcast was special because I really got a chance to learn more about Austin uh, and his purpose to help people succeed. Uh, His viewpoint really resonated with me because I see the world in a similar way. Uh, And I'm excited for you guys to listen in. Um, And this was a truly awesome episode. In this episode, we cover Austin's career journey and how feeling of misalignment led to him going on a path of self-discovery, him starting his podcast and coaching business, personal growth principles that are important for Austin, namely having mentors, seeking help when needed, and also being vulnerable. And lastly, we talk about why the Black Lives Matter movement is important for all of us to understand and get behind. So let's dive in to episode seven. Welcome to the Growth Lab, Austin. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Tej. Man, I'm excited to be here. I, I know. I'm, I'm pumped for this episode, too. Uh, yeah. you're, you're up to a lot of cool things, Austin. So where I wanted to start today is, is quite broad, and then we can start digging deep into, into specific areas. But okay. let's start broad with your career journey to Avanade, uh, and in parallel, starting your podcast and, and your coaching business. Okay. So let's see, how did I get to Avanade? So I guess to start, I've been at Avanade for the past about five and a half months. Uh, funny little note, my first day at Avanade was the first day of quarantine, like officially like in, in New York City. So that was an interesting start. But, um, you know, before then, um, I've been in sales, technology advisory sales or consulting for the past four and a half years. Um, and then the four years prior to that, I was in government contracting. So back office, financial service or finance and accounting, uh, human resources. And that's where I kind of, I started my year. So I'm about eight and a half years since uh, I graduated. Uh, the big shift for me, because I, I kind of look at them in two halves, the kind of back office and then, you know, more of like the technology sales was uh, I felt like a misalignment in my life. Um, I enjoyed the work I was doing in, you know, back office, but kind of had a craving to do something that I felt had a bigger impact on, you know, the business. I thought there was an opportunity to be able to engage more with, you know, my customers or stakeholders. So uh, I made the jump to sales, which was uh, extremely rewarding for me. And it opened up, you know, really a whole new life of, of possibilities and, you know, coming full circle, I promise. Uh, as I'm, you know, at this phase now, as I've started, um, you know, the creation of a podcast within, let's see, almost a year now, uh, and uh, a life coaching practice, 
is because I noticed there was another misalignment in my life. And it was really interesting because, you know, I had built this life of all these things that I thought that like I had really wanted. And I guess I still do want in like some capacity in terms of like living in the geography that I wanted, always wanted to live and work in New York City, being in sales and being able to, you know, secure a certain you know, level of income, having the freedom and flexibility in my workplace. But for me, I noticed that, you know, like something was missing and, you know, it took, it was like the craziest process of figuring out like what exactly that was, but I'm certain we can certainly dive deeper into this uh, in the pod, but it was just like the search of like meaning and like doing something that more so like aligned to ultimately like what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be known for. And um, so that's how Purposity came to be, which is basically a podcast that's focused on like identifying and like finding your life purpose and doing so and like living in like the essence of your authenticity. So myself and my co-host Derek Cahill, we drop pods every two weeks on that. And this has been really rewarding. And then, um, you know, the life coaching practice has been, you know, a much more intimate, deeper connection that I'm able to have with my clients and ultimately supporting them to be the best version of myself. So I know, you know, to make a long story long there, you know, I, I feel like my kind of journey was like kind of like the typical, typical kind of like corporate America journey until like I noticed myself in like this kind of crux of like, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but things kind of don't feel right. And then kind of taking the leap, man, and <laughs> I'm doing a little bit of juggling of multiple priorities, living in this duality right now, man. But it's been a, it's been a really cool ride. Yeah, yeah, that I think that's a great start, you know, and, and it resonates so much. And we were talking about this prior to prior to the podcast starting, um, where your journey and, and, and my journey uh, align in so many different ways, obviously different circumstance and different situation. Uh, but it really resonates that 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 misalignment that you mentioned, kind of that feeling of something is missing while you have everything you imagined you wanted, right? So something was missing, right? So I had my own way of, of getting to that misalignment moment right? What was it? What was it for you? Like, what did it take for you to say something is off, right? Even though you're getting, you know, and, and, and just for context, Austin and I, you know, met at Gartner, that's the company he was at before. And then now he's at Avanade. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what did it take? You know, it's interesting, because I think people expect it to be like this, like one moment, that's like this one visceral moment, that's like, oh, wow, like something's wrong. And that maybe for some people, for me, it was kind of like a slow burner, you know, I, you know, it was like something that I couldn't quite like put like my finger on. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I, I kind of, I just, I felt the best way to describe it was just like a misalignment. And, you know, I felt like my mood, like, you know, I'm generally a pretty optimistic, upbeat person. I, you know, I found myself just like, I don't know, not my normal self. And as I started to like look back and then peel the onions and start to think why, I noticed like specific areas where I found myself where I just like maybe like wasn't as happy as I thought that I would be. And a lot of that showed up like in like my place of work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I started kind of like, uh, you know, exploring that further, I guess I just started asking myself questions like, well, like, what is it that I like actually like want to do or want to be known for? What type of impact do I myself want to be like responsible and manifesting? So, I mean, in short, it was really this kind of slow burn of, you know, I think there were signs there 
And at first, I think I was maybe like a little hesitant to the sign because you're like, oh, well, no, I'm on the path that, you know, I planned out and this is what like I'm going to do. But, you know, when the feeling kind of doesn't go away and it kind of gets louder and louder and louder, you start to sit there and like, oh, okay, well, you know, I need to address this. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think that kind of answers your question. Happy to go into like more detail there, but it was, it was a slow burn for me, man. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's interesting because it does happen in that way. Cause I, as I reflect back and as I look at my journey, there's, there's resonance there as far as the slow burn, but they actually like, for me, it was a slow burn, but the realization was a fast burn. I don't know if that's a term I could use, but what happened, yeah. you know, I don't know if I've given you this context uh, in, in the past, like when I actually left Fort Myers uh, and I, uh, moved over to SF, SF Bay area to the field with, with Gartner, this was something that I wanted to do for the longest time, right? Like everything was relied upon this. I woke up and I slept thinking about this. I really wanted to go back to, to California and I, and I grew up yeah. in California. So I wanted to make it back and get this promotion. Uh, I but can it relate was for New York city. Okay. There you go. So when I, when I moved out there, um, and I think it was three months into the role. And I think part of, part of moving out there, you know, I had gotten um, an award to go to Italy. So I had completed that trip. And then right after I came back and I started into the role, it just all hit me. I'm like, is this it? Like, there's got to be more. There's got to yeah. be more. And then, uh, you know, that slow burn started to happen to, to your point, right? Like it was like, it was continuous after that. So I, I took a more extreme version of selling all my stuff and, and, and traveling around uh, Europe and Asia. But that was my way of, of kind of exploring different modalities to find, hey, what are the avenues that I can explore? So what was it for you, Austin? So when, say you, had, you, you identified that misalignment that you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that you did? And you said you started peeling the onions back, right? What did that yeah. look like for you? But, you know, I couldn't really figure it out at first. It was such like an unusual circumstance. Um, so like at first, you know, I, it was like kind of affecting my mood. So, you know, one of the things that I did, I was like, okay, you know, I'm feeling in a space that like I don't normally feel. So, and I'll give you all this context and I swear, I think it'll make sense at the end. But, yeah, for sure. you know, like uh, I've, I'd never done therapy in my life before. So I went and it's like, okay, let me go see like a therapist and kind of like talk through, through like what I'm feeling. And, you know, that was a really helpful process for me. And first I, also think there's like this negative like connotation or stigma like around like therapy like I think in our culture where it's like oh like you can't tell somebody to go to therapy or what's wrong with that yeah, and it's yeah. like you know it's a it's it's another tool to like help people you know I guess be the best versions of themselves or get over whatever that they need to so for me that helped me with like self-expression and I started like kind of like you know, there's a lot of things that go on in your head, but when you actually start saying things, it kind of became a little bit more real for me. And the process was more so just like, you know, I don't know if I'm, you know, happy with like exactly what it is that I'm doing. So, you know, the first thought in my exploration was, okay, well, like I got to find like my passion and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you asked, you, you, it was like trying to answer the question, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I started looking and for me, uh, my first route was around sports and, um, you know, I grew up as a, I mean, I grew up in a household of sport. My father was a professional football player. I played college football. I'm an avid sports plan. I was a coach. So, uh, you know, like an athletic coach. And so, you know, I explored that. Uh, so some even different like sales roles, but within uh, sports entertainment industry. And I actually had a couple of offers um, at that time from like the New York Jets, a couple of professional organizations in the New York City area. And as I was looking at that, I was like, 
you know what? I don't think this is it. You know, I had this like realization that like, I, you know, although I do love sports, you know, that's not what it is that I want to actually do. So one thing that, you know, I think I will kind of credit myself for is that I try and surround myself with a diverse group of friends and also with people who um, are reflective of some of the characteristics that I strive to be. So mm -hmm. I was lucky to have a couple of, you know, um, like prominent mentors in the area. And it just happened over a coffee one day. And uh, they talked to me a little bit about coaching and like, and like uh, more so like life coaching. I was kind of intrigued by it. Like I had heard about coaching. I mean, there's a ton of different coaching out there. And I got invited to um, a training workshop that uh, my mentor was actually a member of, which is coincidentally the same program that I am currently a part of today. And, you know, when I went into that space and I saw this group of people who were all committed to wanting to be coaches, to like help people in, you know, whatever way that, you know, resonated with them, also being coached by like certified coaches. It was like this crazy environment of coaching squared. And it just, I just felt this like intense, like, I don't know, just like environment of like growth and possibility. And so that also kind of correlated at the same time that, um, you know, I just started like changing like my conversations with some of my friends and I kind of started getting like a little bit more real. You know, I think vulnerability is such a big element of this. Because, you know, when you're going through a tough time, I think it's, it goes against the grain to say, hey, you know, Tej, I'm kind of going through something right now. Or, you know, I'm not exactly sure, like, where I want to go or how I want to spend my time or, like, what my purpose or calling is. You know, nobody wants to have those type of discussions. And it's almost like if you want to get vulnerability from others, I found, at least in my experience, you have to, like, show vulnerability. So I was talking with Derek uh, Cahill, my, co my podcast partner. And, you know, it's so funny. As I had said that, he had shared very similar sentiments. And then so we just started talking about this whole process of, like, purpose identification and right there at that phone call completely out of the blue we were like let's start a podcast so it was like the podcast started on one hand which was really helpful for me just in like I think you know being more comfortable like in my voice um, in my vulnerability and talking about things that were matter to me and then also kind of concurrently I was getting more involved in this coaching realm and I think the the underlying theme that I guess connects all of this was that it was like purposeful or meaningful work for me. It was talking about things that I resonated about, particularly like when it talks about like purpose identification, because I felt like that, that's what I was looking for. And, you know, it's so funny looking now, you know, eight, nine, 10 months from that, I was talking to one of my buddies the other day and he said, you know, Austin, you know, all this, these, these different things that you're doing, I think your purpose might be to like help other people like find their purpose. And I kind of was like, Hmm. like <laughs> maybe so you know i mean look it's honestly something that you know i'm still exploring but yeah um i'm not at, at the point right now i think there's something that really happens something really unique happens when you start being painfully honest with yourself mm -hmm. and it's not as easy as it kind of just sounds when you just hear it because there are so many things that we're trained to do to not focus on what we really want but to focus on things that people are expecting of us to do 
or us making reactions to what is like normal or what I'm supposed to do. And like what you really want kind of gets lost in it. So, you know, that personally, and, you know, I credit, you know, my experience of, you know, kind of being coached through some of those things or some of the areas that I'm working with my clients today that help like lead me towards this. And it's almost like once your eyes are open to that, it's hard to close them again. Like, I can't just like turn it off. Like, I, I know it's there and I'm more present to it, which is great because it gives you more options. It gives you different possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many like takeaways from that, Austin. I appreciate <laughs> Sorry, you. Sorry, I, I, was, I, was, I was wrong. I love it. <laughs> so, no, I love that. I mean, that was, you're, you're on a great role. I, yeah. I, love, I, love, I loved a few points that you mentioned. And I hope, I hope uh, the audience kind of picked up on a couple of things that, that were big takeaways for me. I mean, the, the point that you mentioned, like keeping mentors around you that, you know, have the skills that you acquire or that you, you inspire to have, right? I, I thought that's a great piece in, in the path of self-discovery. And also prior to that, right? Like going in and seeking help when you feel like, uh, you know, there's, there's something that you can't figure out. So I love that was sort of the initiation of, of your journey and, and finding what is that missing thing, figuring out what that misalignment looked like for you. Uh, so I love that piece. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad uh, that jumped out to you because I mean, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm really passionate about in terms of just, I think there's just such a negative perception about like seeking resources to like help you through things. People carry so much like emotional baggage mm -hmm. just because <laughs> of what they think is like, you know, I, I, I quit. It's like we live in this Instagram era where yeah. all you ever see from people is like the Photoshop pictures and like where the <laughs> sun hits them just right. And it's just like, you know, that's not the human experience, you no, know, no. there's highs, there's low, there's happiness, there's sadness. And it's like, all of it is okay. So just, you know, being more at peace with like who you are and like, I don't know, it's just a really empowering place to say, you know, like, I, yeah, I'm kind of going through something right now, but like, that's okay. And I don't have to hide that. Uh, yeah. You know, for me, it was, you know, it, it was really transformative. So, and you know, my assertion is that it probably could be the same for others. And, you know, it's just like letting go. And at the end of the day, everyone's going through basically the same thing. Just nobody wants to talk about it. Like, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's such an important point, right? Because we're, especially as men, right? Like this is instilled in you to not want to seek help, right? It's, okay. such, it's such a key notion to like, just be, and then again, I think it ties in uh, with being vulnerable, right? Like if, if you feel like something is wrong, just go seek help. And uh, um, uh, I appreciate you bringing that up because it is such an important point. And another thing that really stood out to me too, you know, when you're kind of talking about the vulnerability piece um, and, and talking about how, we're kind of the, the notion is that we're supposed to know everything, right. And, and uh, not have to kind of go and figure things out, right. No, not need the help. Right. Can you speak to that? Like, how do you, how do you harness that vulnerability? Cause it's such a, such a edge for a lot of people to like go there, you know, and, and, and to your point, when you're not being vulnerable, you're not going to get that in response either. Right. Nobody's going to really open up to you either. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't look, don't get me wrong. Like it's scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like opening yourself up is scary. Um, and again, it's something that, you know, through, I think, you know, my experience with therapy was really useful because it, I guess, built my muscles a little bit and kind of just like expressing to myself. Now it's easier to talk and share, you know, your deepest and darkest secrets to somebody who like is not associated with you and kind of completely out of your bubble. 
But, um, you know, I also kind of got coaching around just like how I wanted to like self-express. And, you know, honestly, it's one of those things for me kind of like started small and like, you know, as I like put my foot in the water, I feel like, oh, okay, the water is like not too cold or not too hot like I thought it might have been. But, you know, you know, for me, it's like, I don't know, it's just kind of like the feeling of more or less like, you know, isolation where it's like, you know, I'm blessed to have these really amazing people in my life, like friends and family. But, you know, it's like, what's the point of having these amazing friendships and relationships if you can't use these people when you need them the most? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, like I can go and have a beer with anybody or we can go, you know, watch a Celtics game. Hey, cool. But if you can't tell, you know, like your best friends that you're going through something, there's just something wrong with that. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, so why do we accept that as status quo? And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've kind of realized and <laughs> I keep kind of plugging this back to coaching because for me, it's been it really has been such a transformative process. Yeah. It's, um, you know, sometimes you have to be the person to lead people to where you want them to go or maybe mm-hmm. of like what's what's possible to go. You know, I mean, everyone is kind of in, it's easy to be status quo. And, you know, again, it, it's coming from like an empowering light. So it's like, OK, if I notice that the people aren't around me aren't vulnerable, if I am vulnerable, I'm now giving them an option to also be vulnerable as well. Now, you can't control what anybody else does, but. You know, it's, it's, I'm sure there's some psychology that goes into it, which is like the relationship of like reciprocity and, you know, it's, it's just, it's been super liberating and just, you know, you feel like you don't have to hide in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, isn't that yeah. so? I, you know, I, I, you know, I can speak on it to it all day. Now I'm going to say it's still, you know, it doesn't make it like easy all the time. But you know, I think it kind of goes back into you know another thing with like perpendicity, like the authenticity element of it. Yeah. So who says it's like wrong or to feel whatever it is that you feel? Mm-hmm. You should be able to express that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and 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 now look, that's not to say you say anything. I mean, look, there's an art to saying, you know. Where, <laughs> communicating whatever your thoughts or feelings are but by just like not doing it at all is like you know what is that what is that what is that doing for you yeah yeah and it's so crazy because i mean to to the point that you brought up we're so surface level in so many different areas even with the ones that we love the most right like we Mm -hmm. to your point like you know some, some of my best friends in college i think it took me a long time to open up to them right because in college when you're, you know, the, the whole relationship you have is you go out and then you remain at that surface level where you talk about sports and that's it. Like there's nothing else to your point. Like you, if you can't open up about what's, what's happening in your, in your brain or what you're feeling, you know, is that really your friendship? Right. But, but to that point though, what I've discovered is that you can only meet someone in a deep way if you met yourself in that way, right? Like if you've been able to expose yourself to those deep feelings and, and, and face those thoughts that continue to come back up, you're not going to be able to express that to anyone else. Right. So like, Man, yeah, uh, you, you need to say that one again for the people <laughs> in the back. Yeah. And yet you, you have to, you have to know yourself, man. And it's like the process of like learning yourself and being honest and like comfortable with yourself. So, you know, I think there's like an inherent, like, you know, introspective activity at play here, or just like search within yourself. If you like want to be those things, like they definitely don't happen overnight, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more with that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, this, this has been a lot of my journey when I kind of went and I had to take that introspective look 
at what were the things that I was avoiding, right? I had to face my demons, right? And then I could, I could go, go to someone and, and, and share those, right? Because I, I wasn't looking at them in the first place. And, you know, as things started to shift, like when my internal state started to shift, like what was within started to happen without, like what was happening outside in my life it started to shift when I internally started to shift, right? And which is a crazy mm-hmm. concept because, uh, you know, what you see in, in society today, what we were taught is just go after the external. Like you, you don't really, you don't really pay attention to the internal. It's not really that important, right? Like go get, go get the, the, the money, go get the car and nothing wrong with that at all, right? Like all of those yeah. things are great, Oh yeah. but, but we don't start within so to to your podcast like we don't start with the purpose and we don't start to identify who we are and then express that out and a lot of times the outside just ha- starts to happen very quickly when you've identified yourself right like it's it's a crazy concept can you like have you found that in your experience like when your internal state started to shift your external you know started to started to take place as well yeah well you know the, when you said that the first thing that i thought of was I think if you don't kind of have that internal like why or North Star, however you want to say it, kind of like identified, yeah. I think it's very easy for you to get caught up in whatever external like forces that are around you to get caught up in that. Yeah. So I look at it as like we're all in control of like how our lives play out and ultimately like what we want to create within our lives. And I think one of the most important things that you can do is like to identify like, you know, like what it is that like you want, you know, yeah. and, and, and that may change, yeah. but you know, just be like being in tune to it. So, I mean, like, I agree with it. Like it, it, in my experience and it kind of didn't like come all at once, but as like, I started like looking introspectively the big umbrella term that I think came to me was just like, I want to help people. Yeah. And you know, when that came, I was like, okay, that that's a good start, but that's also like a really broad thing. It's like, well, like how do I like want to help people? (laughs) And you know, as I, as I thought about it more, I, you know, I've always uh, enjoyed just like seeing other people be successful and be like an uplifter and supporter. And, you know, I like bleed positivity and energy enthusiasm. So I was like, you know, how can I, you know, maybe work with people and have that type of like influence on others. So I say that to say like my broad scope of like wanting to help people says, okay, well now I kind of want to like help people like be the best versions of themselves. And then like within that, I like identified as I could continue to explore like different tools to be able to do that, whether that be coaching, whether that be podcasting, whether it's just like how I'm being like around friends or family. But the realization of that, like internally, like it, had I not come to those things internally, like the podcast, you know, probably wouldn't exist, yeah. you know, like the coaching practice, you know, wouldn't exist. And just, you know, my general state of like how I'm being around my friends, families, you know, my coworkers, strangers would probably all be very different. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's inherently like what, ha- what is on your inside is going to reflect on your outside. And, you know, my, I guess my assertion would be, if you are unclear of what it is that you want on the inside, it's probably going to be represented on what's going on externally with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes, that makes so much sense because until you have that clarified, you know, things can't manifest themselves outside. Right. So it, 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 it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, one of the things you said, Austin was the coaching 
uh, channel, right? And, and, and to your point, right? Like once you clarified on the inside, you started fight channels to go ahead and help people, right? You said you found the big oh. umbrella and then you, the channels started to come up. And, you know, one of my beliefs about purpose is that once we identified the big umbrella, right? Like what is that thing that really drives us? the channels will continue to evolve and change. And perhaps they, you know, five years at a time, 10 years, 15 years at a time, but they'll continue to evolve in some way because we change as people, right? But that oh, umbrella, yeah. that, that notion of you wanting to help people and seeing others succeed, that'll stay, right? Like that, that, will, be, that will be your driver and the channels will change. Now, you found your coaching practice and what you're doing with that. And you said it's been super transformative for you. Like there's been a lot of transformation that's come out of it. So what has that been like? You know, what's, what's, the, what's the process been like to becoming a coach? Yeah, well, you know, I think as you said that, I was thinking, it's like when you identify that thing, you start like experimenting with things that you think are going to be aligned with ultimately what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. So like when I had this kind of like, I don't know, I guess discovery of like, you know, how I wanted to support people, like coaching wasn't like the first thing that came to my mind, but I started like the interning, like internal, like impacting the external. I put myself in scenarios and started having conversations with people, which led me into, uh, you know, the coaching course that I ultimately decided to join in. So, um, I, you know, for me, I started my coaching practice uh, early in F February of this year, right before the world turned upside down. And, <laughs> you know, it's been, it's been really cool because, you know, I, although I have a, you know, a practice right now where I'm working with people, you know, I'm also getting coached myself and I'm in a year long cohort with another group of like-minded people, other coaches, and we're all kind of going through this like transformation like process together. So, you know, I guess it's, I guess the thing is like, you don't really know, but you start and look you, or at least for me, like I created like a plan or outline of things or elements that I thought were going to be to like provide the feeling that I wanted to experience. And, you know, I went and just did it and see like how I would respond with it. And then, you know, coaching just, it kind of caught me by surprise. Like if you asked me this time last year, I wouldn't have said, you know, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to be a, a life coach, you know, and uh, like an ontological life coach, you know, I'd have been like, what? <laughs> but, you know, for me, it's like when I first saw, um, you know, a master certified uh, life coach, which is the person who are, it's a like the highest distinction uh, within like the field of ontology. When I saw the impact that that type of person could have in like coaching and working with others to see things that were kind of like right in front of their faces that they couldn't identify and like basically using this information drawing awareness to like create like new possibilities within their life it was like that like blew me away it blew me away and I was like that is how I want to impact people like I want to be able to like have that ability to just like have meaningful impact with people like that was it like it was just it was so clear for me and so you know when I saw that I signed up for my course and the course you know has pushed me to you know be outward and like kind of like confront like my own fears and uh, like launch my practice you know because you know it's, it's funny when you do something new it's like you know, I'm, I'm being trained in like this particular like way of being, you don't have to be certified to officially be a coach. You know, it's a relatively like young industry, so to speak. So, um, you know, the program that I am is associated with like the governing body of coaching, um, the ICF. And, um, you know, in that I, um, uh, 
oh, sorry, I had something and I just completely uh, lost my thought on it. It was, yeah. um, oh, oh, so it was like right at the tip of my brain. Um, It'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like, I was like, right there. I was like getting up to the story and it was gone. But, you know, I guess I was, I was just getting to the point where it's like this program, like, like I still like have like my kind of like own fears about this and yeah. being around like uh, another group of coaches, like getting coached on it, like yeah. helped me kind of like, I don't know, like jump into like this stage of like coaching where I am in today versus maybe had I not done that, I might've been dragging my feet a little bit. So, you know, I've actually started coaching others, you know, it's kind of aligned with the podcast. So I don't know, man, I think all these things kind of just started like popping up, like in my life that were aligned with ultimately like what I wanted to do when I came in terms with like what it is that like I want to do and like how I want to spend my time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's such an important important point there, and I love that you share that. And and something that echoes back, like you know, in in, in the first part of the conversation, we were talking about having mentors uh, that have the skills that you want to acquire. In the same way, the co- coaching uh, practice is the same, right? Like having coaches or mentors that can support you and identify those blind spots that you're not identifying yourselves, right? Like it's such a crazy concept. And like to your to your point, man, like. I don't think for the longest time I understood that. Like it was, it was actually the same year that I I was mentioning in the beginning of the podcast when I moved to San Francisco and I had this misalignment, I actually started, became a part of this mastermind group um, Mm -hmm. for a year. Right. And it was, it was, you know, led by coaches and there were a lot of sales professionals that were doing the best in their companies. Like they had the number one guy at Salesforce and some, some really successful people, uh, but they're all there for the same reason. They're like, there's something missing, right? Like they're top at their game in all these sales companies, but they wanted to identify. And it was, it was, it was super expensive for a year that I, that I did that. But that was the first time I invested in myself. Like I had never put that amount of money just towards myself. And I understood how I am also an asset that continues to need, that needs to be invested on and, the same way that I'll have compound interest on a stock option, the same thing goes for, for myself, right? The more that I invest Precisely. myself, uh, the more I get coached on, the better I'm going to get, right? So I, I love you walking through that because it's such an important point. Now, something that we were talking about, you know, previous to the, the podcast starting is how this year has been super crazy, right? Like with COVID, obviously, and a lot of social uh, unrest happening in the country. So a lot of crazy things this year has has prompted. But you also said, uh, that's an understatement, right? Uh, but you also said this has been the biggest transformation year for you, right? Like, and a lot of people are going through this same thing. And I was saying to you, it seems like we're all been put in time out to go think about our lives, right? Like we're all thinking about what we should be doing. Uh, we're all reflecting. We're going through the similar journey that you just described, right? Like, what is my purpose? Why am I doing the things I'm doing? I've gotten to this mountain, but is this the mountain I wanted to be on in the first place? Like, you know, a lot of people are going through this. So what did that look like for you? Like, how were you able to change the situation? Because I think people can resonate. And perhaps if somebody's feeling really low at this point, they can, they can turn, turn, turn this around and perhaps work on themselves. So what did it look like for you to be able to take this you know, shitty situation and, and switch it and, and have the biggest transformation year uh, in 2020? Yeah, man, that's a big question. I'll do my best to answer it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was already 
unrolds and kind of like this plan to support my personal growth and transformation, particularly as it like relates to coaching. But it was also kind of taking, um, you know, a few leaps of faith in areas that I didn't exactly know where it would totally go, but aligned with kind of like my North Star and like helping people. So like continuing to go through with like a brand new podcast or, you know, continuing to like develop and go out and, you know, actually work with people uh, in my coaching practice. But, you know, when quarantine and COVID and every, I mean, and then the social unrest, you know, it was really interesting because I think what kind of gets lost in everything is that, you know, this was a series of like traumatic events. You know, yeah. it's not like it was just like a rainy day and it's like, oh, okay, you know, pick yourself up and you should be fine. It's like everyone yeah. has to go through this in different ways. So, you know, I try and do my best to like to be mindful of that. Sure. Uh, and, and it's still ongoing, you know, being isolated by yourself. I mean, I was in my New York City apartment uh, for 12 weeks, you know, like by myself. And what it was really interesting about it, though, is that basically everyone's social life went from whatever it was to basically zero. And you know, you're really basically around either yourself or your loved ones if you happen to live with them. So for me, it presented a really unique opportunity to like further like listen to myself and, you know, hear, you know, kind of what I was saying, but I wasn't saying, right? And, um, you know, I think just kind of like sit with that and, and, and be with it. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I think it was just, you know, I, I don't know if it was like some grand, you know, like revelation or store or anything like that. Yeah. It was just, um, I think it was just like sitting with myself and being like really present to like what I was feeling like and acknowledging like those feelings. And, you know, for me, when I did that, it put me also in a scenario to like continue to like flex, like, you know, my vulnerability muscles and like reaching out and like connecting with people in areas and ways that I probably wouldn't have done uh, prior like to COVID. Um, and then I think particularly, you know, with like, like the social unrest and everything that came out, I think it presented like a really unique opportunity to like, you know, use your voice and practice like self-expression for myself. So you know, I think it had a number of different effects. I, you know, I think if I think the the biggest thing, I, it kind of goes back to like that, like authenticity tie where it's like the things that like I'm feeling, if like I will allow myself to be present, like and acknowledge those feelings like are real. And when I'm having those things, I think it's kind of like, I don't know, like I'm doing myself a disservice and what I, in a disservice for what I stand for. If, you know, I don't like address those feelings. So whether that be, you know, through like quarantine, everything that was going on, you know, finding different ways to like connect with people or like, you know, put myself out there with, you know, some of my different businesses or through the social outrest or unrest would just be like, you know, making very clear, like where my stance was and like how I, um, you know, felt about some of the racial inequalities that were going on in our country. Um, you know, that, that was just kind of the way to do it. So, um, and I think that addresses your question, yeah, but if there's anything else that you'd like me to go a little bit deeper on, like I'd be yeah. happy to elaborate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I do like that point that you mentioned around, you know, this is an ongoing situation. So we're all dealing with it, especially in the States, right? Like there, this is, this isn't done. So we're very much in the process, but at the same time, uh, it's, it's important to your point to have that perspective shift, right? Like we can deal with 
the challenge in front of us. At the same time, we can listen to what's what's being said internally and then work on some of the things that we've been putting off because we do we do get so much time, right? Like you had twelve weeks at home, so you could start that podcast. You could start, uh, you know, that yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to, if that's what's in line for you. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's so, like I mean, look, based on where we live in 2020, there are more distractions than there probably have ever been in the history of human history in the yeah. in the history of like humans. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've all got three or four devices that are constantly sending us notification. There's tons of different media outlets. There's tons different social engagements so just being in a situation where it was kind of like quiet and yeah. again nobody had planned for that right and no. to just be able to kind of sit in that and just like be present to like how you're feeling and you know just i i think just like embodying that and like embracing it i think it did a lot for a lot of people you know i don't think yeah. it's a coincidence that you know you have this huge social unrest uh in the country during this time where a lot of people are kind of sitting at homes like looking introspectively yeah. i mean you know if you look at i think the tipping point for this whole thing was the you know the george floyd murder yeah. you know i mean there's been other murders of you know minorities african-americans however you want to say it in our country that we did not have the same response that we had with this one mm -hmm. now also we had video recording of you know what exactly happened and i think it was just so visceral of just like the hatred that it was one of those things that was impossible to ignore but i think it's I would venture to say that the state of America collectively being in this space where everyone was kind of looking internally also had something to do with the output and um, just how everyone kind of reacted and, you know, built an entire platform to draw more awareness to racial inequalities to our country around this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you bringing that up, you know, the, the, the whole social unrest and what's happening. And I'm so, I'm so glad that this is coming out at this time, right? Because people are both in quiet time, but they're also receptive to listening. Right? Like more people are receptive and they're listening. Oh, so, man. and you, and yeah. you said, you know, letting your voice be heard and, and, and sharing your stand. So I would love to hear more about that from you, right? Like, and I know you share it on your podcast and in other podcasts, but I'd love to hear like, what's your stance on this? And like, what's the part that we are to play? Because one thing I, I don't want to happen, right? Like, obviously it's just not in my hands, but for it to just be, you know, a time thing, right? Like it happened yeah. for a couple of months and it just like, okay, that was, that we're done, right? This, this yeah. is a movement that needs to continue to be talked about because it took a long time to get here and it's not gonna, it's not gonna go away overnight, right? So I would love, sure. love to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, again, it's like a larger topic, but I'll try and synthesize, you know, my general stance towards it. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're looking at racism, so we'll focus specifically on that, is rooted in hatred. Yeah. And hatred is a learned behavior. So I think when you're looking and you're talking, we've heard a lot about like systemic racism in our country. And a lot of people I think are being shed, like brought, or maybe taking the time to acknowledge and looking at things that might've been in front of their face beforehand, but they didn't fully acknowledge. It has been built into like the very, very fabric of our country. And it has been perpetuated for years on end. So, you know, it's, it surrounds and touches like every element of our society. So my personal belief is that you know, it's, very, it's, it's clearly <laughs> alive and well in, in our country. And I think everyone has a decision, like if we want to ultimately live in a world where we are not judged by, you know, our sexual orientation, the, our gender, our race, whatever the case, our religious standpoint. So basically a world based in equality, we have to acknowledge that in 
inequality does exist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I think the big thing around specifically George Floyd is that a lot of people really started looking at this and like maybe asking questions that they didn't, I don't know, they didn't feel comfortable doing so beforehand or looking at things that were maybe kind of right in front of their face and like finally like acknowledging them. So, I, I mean, there's, there's, there's really so much that goes into it, but yeah. I think my general stance is that it's super important for everyone to kind of just take a look around and like ask yourself, like, what role are you taking in creating a world based in equality? If, you know, that is what you want. And like the sad thing is I don't think not, not everybody wants it, but I do think the majority of people, at least in my experience, do want that. Yeah. And, you know, if that is something that you want, that's great. But, you know, how are you using either your voice, your stance, your allyship? To, to help promote that. And it could look different for anybody. You know, yeah. I'm not necessarily insinuating that you've got to like stand on top of a mountain and say like, yo, I'm not racist or I don't do this, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it could, it could, it could be something as simple as like educating or, you know, when you hear something that is um, discriminatory to some type of minority group, like, you know, instead of just like letting the comment go by, maybe just like addressing it and yeah. saying something about it or taking time to learn the perspective of somebody who doesn't look like you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, there's a lot of different things going on. So, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday, you know, just a few weeks ago, there was a lot of anti-Semitism that's going on in our country right now as well. And it's been interesting. They made a point that, you know, a lot of, you know, prominent African-American celebrities were making like anti-Semitic like remarks or like engagements. And it was just interesting seeing like another, you know, historically uh, minority, you know, um, disempowered minority group, almost kind of like disparaging like another one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just think it's just understanding that (laughs) any type of hatred and whether it be form of racism, sexism, um, any type of stereotyping is just, it, it doesn't align with, you know, what ultimately what I want to see in the world. And yeah. I think it's really, you know, kind of in the theme of like introspection of what we're talking about on this particular podcast, you know, getting real with like where your stance is and what do you want to do to, you know, help create a world that, that doesn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that perspective. And it's, it's so important because when we're based in equality and love, then everything else falls away, right? Like it's, it isn't just to kind of say this group is, uh, you know, kind of looking at one group and then looking at the other to your point, and then, you know, kind of looking at it from that perspective, right? It's, it's more about equality and love and coming from that place, right? It's so important. And I appreciate you kind of sharing that. And, you know, as we move forward, I think the conversations continue to need, it needs to be talked about more and more as we move along. And, uh, and, I, and I love that we kind of initiated the discussion here. There's so much more to talk about, right? And, and oh, there's so many yeah. different layers that we can get into. It's quite complex. As, yeah. As we no, it's, it, it's, it's incredibly dense. But the fact that people are having the conversation, look, if the events that, ha- that happened, particular, particularly with George Floyd, hadn't have happened, would we be talking about this on this podcast right now? Probably not. Yeah. Right. And so kind of like to what we talked about earlier, when your eyes are open to it, it's hard to close them again. Mm -hmm. And if you do choose to close them, you know, it's not ignorance anymore. Now it's negligence. Yeah. And, you know, so it's uh, I think we're we as a society are at a very, you know, interesting time in terms of like, what do we decide? Like, we I think we can all take like like a very active role in 
the type of country, the type of world that we all want to live in. And so continuing to have these conversations and just being clear on what your stance is. I mean, it just ties into so many of the things that we've even talked about today and like kind of like being vulnerable and like being authentic. I mean, all of these things, like they, 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 it sounds kind of a little cheesy, but they, they, they matter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They they, they matter a lot. And like, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up because we're, we're seeing that more and more now, right? Like people wanting to have the conversation and being reflective of, of the current situation that's going on, right? So thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your stance and sharing a lot of your journey, Austin. Like I, I, I've i loved you sharing a lot of it. And I think this year, especially, a lot of what you're sharing is going to resonate with a lot of people going through the same thing and, and opening themselves up. Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy. You know, one of the things that I, I kind of will say that I'm kind of realizing myself is that the process of kind of like introspecting and looking at it, like it, it doesn't stop. Like, I think I had a thought that's like, oh, well, like when I get to this plane and when I figure it out, like I'm good, I'm done. <laughs> but like, it, it like continues and it's always going to continue. So, you know, I think just like kind of getting comfortable with that process and like you getting to a point where it's like, I don't know, like you seek it out and you look to gain clarity on like what's most important for you and continuing to check with that can have massive like reverberations like throughout your life. And I think a really positive way. So yeah. I know I, I, I appreciate, you know, you having this platform and, you know, uh, you know, kind of going deep into this discussion. I, you know, I hope my, my story uh, was helpful in some small way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I took away a lot. So I appreciate you coming on. And uh, if people want to find you and listen to your podcast or engage with you in, in the coaching practice, where can they find you? Yeah, that's great. So you can go to the podcast at Perpenthicity. That's P-U-R-P-E-N-T-H-I-C-I-T-Y. Uh, we're on Instagram or for uh, anything regarding coaching, uh, feel free to shoot me an email at Walker. Two nine at gmail.com uh the website's in progress you know baby steps taking iterations <laughs> but uh yeah i'm on social media austin.walker.29 i'd be happy to engage and uh yeah look forward to partnering with anybody who wants to uh you know create the life of their dreams and take a step closer to that man yeah absolutely thanks again austin for being on the show yeah thanks tesh have a great one man you too I'm not going to be able to do that.